Hello and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week I am sharing a chat that I had with the lovely Angela Foster, who you might remember a few weeks ago was on the Face Yoga Expert podcast as a guest. Well, I was on her podcast, the High Performance Health podcast as a guest, and we chatted a lot about face yoga. So my journey into face yoga, how I overcame chronic illness. We talked about how I set up my business. We talked a lot about lifting face yoga, the different areas of face yoga, how we can naturally firm our faces. So I knew that you guys would absolutely love this podcast. So without further ado, we're going to dive straight into it now. I hope you enjoy it. It's a really, really lovely chat. And if you enjoy it, as always, please do rate and review the podcast. It really does mean a lot. And if you follow me on Instagram, why not share a screenshot of you listening to it and share it with me? I would absolutely love to see that. Let's get into this week's episode. So I'm so excited to be here with you, Danielle, today to talk all about face yoga, facial toning, detoxifying the body, and also just wellness practices that people can use easily every day to really kind of calm themselves down, connect with themselves. I think we've just had the most stressful kind of crazy chaotic 18 months across the world globally. And your new book has come out at the ideal time. So first of all, a really warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to get stuck in. So let's um, let's just start a little bit with your background. And because I know you've been doing this a long time, I think it's 17 years you've developed this face yoga practice. How did it all start and what sort of prompted you to get into this? Well, it started about 19 years ago. I just left university. I'd done my degree in education, English literature. I was always planning to go and be a school teacher. That was sort of my plan from as young as I can remember, because I always had this real passion to help and to teach. And being a school teacher was the only way I knew how to do that. But I left university and became really unwell. So I got glandular fever and then I was diagnosed with ME, which meant that I was pretty much housebound and bedridden for a large part of the year and actually quite unwell for about 18 months. And before this illness, I was someone who was very stressed, very much perfectionist. I used to push myself in all areas, really burn the candle at both ends. And all of that, and of course, getting the virus of glandular fever, meant that then I got that severe ME where I was completely burnt out and in huge amounts of pain every day. And doctors said to me, you know, there's not much that we can do about this. This may be something you have to live with for the rest of your life, or it may be something which you just get over in a few weeks or a few months. We really can't tell you. So I felt quite sort of alone, really, because I didn't know where to turn. And at that point, I wasn't into anything natural, holistic. I'd never even heard the word yoga before. Can you believe that? But someone recommended to me, why don't you try yoga? It may be something which would help you with your recovery. So I got a video of yoga. I couldn't do very much. I was bedridden. So it was really just those deep breathing exercises, those gentle stretching movements that I could do. But I remember so clearly taking that first deep, long, calming breath and thinking, oh, my goodness, I think that I might be able to heal myself. What else is out there that could wow. help me? And I started to get in a daily practice of just a little bit of yoga in bed or some gentle yoga on a mat. And then I started looking what else could I do? So bringing in things like affirmations. Then I started to change things in my diet. Um, I started to call on lots of different holistic professionals as well. So I went for acupressure sessions, acupuncture, massage, lots and lots of different things. I saw a life coach and all of these things together helped me to heal. And within 18 months, I was healthier and stronger and happier than I'd probably been the whole of my life. And I knew when I was healing through this that there must be other people out there who are either suffering from a similar illness and just don't know where to turn 
or just people who want to just feel a little bit healthier and a little bit happier, but just want to know these really simple techniques that you can do really easily at home. And because I'd always had this deep-rooted desire to help people and to teach, I thought, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. This is really my purpose, my sole purpose, my calling. So the first training I did was in professional relaxation therapy. I did a lot of that training online at first because, you know, I was really healing myself as well. And then later on, I took training as a yoga teacher. I did training in nutrition, well-being coaching, face massage, lots of different trainings. And what I initially started teaching was relaxation, meditation and yoga classes. So I started to set up these classes around Bath, where I live, in my local area, um, started to do them groups and one-to-ones. And as I built this up and got quite a a busy client base, very sort of a busy week of teaching, I remember that my clients were saying to me more and more, you know, and this is really going back sort of 16, 17 plus years ago. People were saying to me, Danielle, I wish you could do yoga for my face. You know, I'm coming to your classes all the time. My body's toning up. I'm feeling less stressed, I'm sleeping better, but my face is still sagging, what can I do? And the reason I mentioned sort of how many years ago it was is there wasn't the options out there that there is now. You know, there wasn't those maybe more invasive options and there wasn't those more natural options. The skincare industry, the wellness industry just wasn't where it is now. And I remember training as a yoga teacher as well and thinking, how crazy is it that we learn everything from the neck downwards about the body, but nothing about the 57 muscles in the head, the neck, the ears, the face, So I had that in the back of my mind. And also I did done training in facial massage. And when I did that, it was lovely to give people facial treatments, but it really wasn't A, what I wanted to do. I love teaching people and giving them the tools in their own hands to do it. But B, I used to think this is wonderful when people come for a face massage, but what about the four weeks or the six weeks until they come to their next treatment? You know, they need techniques that they can do on their face every day. Mm. So it was a combination of these three things that led me then to doing a lot of research into the face. So of course, I drew on all the trainings that I'd done, but really I started to delve into research of techniques that have been used for years in Ayurveda and yoga and um, traditional Chinese medicine and Chiat to but also looking at the science of the face how the facial muscles are composed how the skin is composed how we can really work on strengthening and toning certain muscles relaxing other muscles and then I put together my method the Daniel Collins face yoga method and I really hone those techniques with my clients you know I would do little bits at the end of yoga classes and I would sort of give them a, a cd and ask them to do it at home for a week and take before and after pictures so that was a really important part of putting my method together all those years ago as well. And I've been hugely lucky over the last sort of 16, 17 years. I've been able to teach this all around the world. I've been able to write books on it, apps, DVDs. I do lots of work in, on the pre- in the press and on TV. And I train people to be face yoga teachers now. So we have about one and a half thousand teachers in over 50 different countries teaching my method, which is just so lovely seeing that other people are able to mm-hmm. use these techniques and then you know, pay these forward really and teach them to how amazing to be able to make because obviously like even just just one person even with books and dvds and everything like videos and everything that you've done you can only go so far right training other coaches really makes it transformational because you've got other people teaching your methodology which is incredible um so i kind of want to dive into a bit of that because i'm really excited on a number of levels i'm very much like you very type a personality um used to be a lawyer and found it i remember my sister taking me to a yoga class she's also a lawyer but she took me to a yoga class back when i was in my 20s and uh, i just found myself sort of laughing and thinking i've got to go for a run after this because it just wasn't enough and as i've got older and i had my own health journey i've definitely connected more on that sort of breathwork, spiritual movement practice to kind of, and going inwards has been really helpful for me. And I think for those listening, face yoga is actually something very, well, for many people will be quite new and different. So, and I know you use different crystals and things as well, but you have a methodology that is five steps, I believe. That's probably quite a good place to start. Can you talk us through what that methodology is? Sure. So the Daniel College Face Yoga Method, which is what I teach, has 
five main areas. So the first one is the facial exercise. So this is about strengthening and toning the muscles underneath the skin. So this is very good for helping them to become more lifted, more toned, and then the skin attaches, tightens and lifted too. So the easiest way of understanding that part of it is just thinking about a muscle in the body, for example, the bicep muscle in the arm. We know when we do strength exercises for that area, the muscle gradually increases in size and the skin attaches, tightens Taughton, our whole arm looks more toned and more lean, and that's exactly the same with the muscles in the face. Of course, the muscles in the face are composed slightly differently, but just at a very basic level, we still need to strengthen and tone certain muscles. So that's the first part. The second part is the facial massage. Now, lots of people are quite familiar with facial massage. Maybe they've had a little massage at the end of the facial, or maybe when they've gone for a full body massage, they've had a little bit on the face as well. But the wonderful thing about my method is you can do it yourself at home really, really easily, really, really simply. You can even include it as part of your daily skincare routine. Just take that extra one minute per day to massage the product in. And massaging the face has lots of benefits. So it's very good for helping with the circulation and microcirculation. So we're helping to bring up all the fresh blood and along with it, the oxygen and the fresh nutrients up to the skin surface, which feeds the skin. It helps the skin to look glowing and healthier. We're also helping with lymphatic drainage as well. So we're helping to drain any excess toxins from the face. And what we know about the lymphatic system is it needs that helping hand. Mm. So unlike the circulatory system, which has the heart as a pump, it doesn't have that. You know, we really need to give it that extra helping hand and massage and move movement and breath helps all of that so much so massage not only helps the skin to look great and glowing but also it helps with things like reducing puffiness under the eyes dark circles and bloating in the face and very good for releasing a lot of tightness and tension in the face as well so the third area is the acupressure. And as I mentioned earlier, my method is very much this fusion between the traditional Eastern techniques and the more modern scientific, perhaps Western techniques. And the acupressure is very much rooted in that traditional Eastern medicine. So with the acupressure, we're applying pressure to certain points of the face using our fingers or our thumb. And we hold and we massage those points. And by doing that, we have all those lovely benefits I just mentioned of the massage. We're also working a little bit deeper as well. So there's certain points which can help with reducing stress or reducing anxiety or helping reduce headaches or jaw tension or sinus issues. And also our face is like a, a beautiful map which relates to the body as well. So as we press certain points in the face, this can often have deep benefits in the body as well. So that's the third area. The fourth area is relaxation. So this is about working out which muscles in the face you hold your tension in and how you can relax and let go of that tension. So sometimes this will be through a massage or exercise. And other times it will just be by putting awareness to that muscle and letting go of that stress and tension. We hold more tension in our face than we realize. And often this is a big reason why we're getting lines and wrinkles. An example would be the area between the eyebrows. When mm. we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're concentrating, when we're looking at screens, we tend to pull this area in. We have a muscle between the eyebrows called the procerus muscle. We tighten it up and then it starts to cause these little lines between the mm. eyebrows. Now, as we age, we have a natural um, loss in the production of collagen and elastin in the skin. So the natural plumping agents in that middle layer of skin, which means as we age, those lines tend to etch into the skin a little bit deeper than perhaps they did when we were in our 20s. So relaxation of the face is hugely important and of course it's going to help relax the mind and body too and the fifth area which really brings it all together and in my mind is the most important area is the well-being so this is about understanding that yes it's wonderful to exercise a muscle and it's really good to do that massage but when we look at ourselves holistically this is how we not only get the best results aesthetically how we feel good as well and we all know when we feel good this really radiates out through our face you know when we feel stressed or worried or tired then our face is the first place to show that so my method really encourages things like breathing I'm a huge advocate of deep correct breathing abdominal breathing slow and deep 
things like affirmations, which really help just to reprogram the mind to feel happier and healthier. Being aware also of our negative feelings and emotions. You know, I'm never a an advocate of this, what I often call toxic positivity. So we need to feel good all the time. We need to feel positive all the time. And if we feel bad, we just got to replace this with a positive thought. Actually acknowledging when we feel bad, letting that emotion be there, letting it pass through us. And sometimes even understanding why it's there as well can be really, really helpful. But then, you know, the well-being area is also the things that we know, but we often let slip to one side. Things like drinking water, sleeping well, taking time to exercise our body, reducing our stress levels, you know, having that work-life balance. All of this is going to help not only your face to look good, but you to feel really good as well. I love that. And you definitely, for those listening, you need to, to come and watch because uh, Danielle definitely looks very, very glowing and vibrant. And, and your face is so, yeah, just so healthy and, and young looking. There's a few things I've been busy making notes while you've been talking that I want to pick up on to ask there. First of all, in relation to the muscle tightening, right? So when we think of going to the gym, depending on the goal, there will be a certain number of times. Like if you're trying to put on muscle, you're probably going to, you're going, well, you are going to have to strength train more often than if you're somebody who's now more in a maintenance phase or if you're doing more cardio work. And so that very much depends. But for somebody who is listening and is thinking, I really want to maintain that facial tone and that plumpness, what volume of exercise on their face and commitment is it? Is it a daily thing in terms of facial muscles or how does that work? It's absolutely a daily commitment, but don't worry. It doesn't take as much time and as much sort of repetitions as you would expect. So particularly if you are into something like the gym and body exercise, you've got to remember that most of the muscles in the body are much, much bigger than those in the face. You know, many of the muscles in the face are quite small, but it does take daily dedication, at least six days a week of absolute minimum one to two minutes. So say there's one area of your face you really want to tone. So say you really want to tone under the chin area at the top of the neck. Now you're really looking to do one or two exercises minimum and keep those up every day, at least six days a week. It's fine to take a rest day, but you want to do that. That is how you're going to build in strength and tone. If you want to work all of the face, you're looking at a routine between sort of 10 and 30 minutes every day. Now, my advice with this is really just integrate it into your day-to-day -day life. So unlike something like the gym where you just have to actually, you know, drive to the gym, go and have the session, come back again, you're looking at maybe two hours plus, you can do this while you're in the shower, while you're in the bath. You could do it while you're doing your skincare routine. You can do it while you're watching TV in the evening. Most of the time I do my face yoga while I'm watching TV with my husband in the evening. We usually have sort of about an hour by the time we put the kids down to sleep and everyone has to watch TV. And I think that this is a perfect time. I've taken my makeup off. I've applied my skincare. So actually I'm going to do my face yoga now. Some people that do my method find that it works really well for them to do first thing in the morning. So they're literally doing it in bed as soon as they they wake up and I've got some really nice YouTube videos actually about face yoga that you can do in bed in the morning a little routine you can switch it on on your phone just do 10 minutes work all the areas of your face but yes to get the best results you want to keep it up daily and that's not just with the strengthening exercises that's with all of it as well that's the relaxation that's the massage daily but try and look at it as a self-care routine mm -hmm. um, lots of people come to face yoga because they want it to reduce lines and wrinkles or lift their face but what I notice is most people stay with face yoga and stay doing it daily because they love the self-care side of it so yes it's getting the results of their face but actually it's like they don't want to miss it because it just feels so good and when they don't do it they're like, oh, I feel the tension in my jaw. Oh, I'm noticing those, those little lines starting to creep in with the stress in my forehead. So it really is so lovely. And you, you know, you really notice it if you don't do it. You really notice how you're you're feeling. It's it's like with anything, it's like with mm. yoga or exercise. You know, when you don't go to the gym or do a yoga class for a week, if you're someone that's used to doing it most days. You really notice. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's like anything, right? You crave what you do. That's the thing. Whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, you're going to crave what you most often do, isn't it? So on that, in terms of the muscle tightening, obviously one area that a lot of people feel that they lose that facial tone is around this jawline, isn't it? And the jowls. 
I've seen you do exercises where actually you're sort of moving your mouth and internally in your tongue. What's the kind of just a really quick one to link to that people can do that really tightens up that bottom area? Yeah, so there's loads of great exercise for the lower face, but one which is great, which works many of the lower face muscles. You make your mouth into an O shape and wrap your lips around your teeth. And then you go from that O shape to a smile shape, still wrapping lips around the teeth and back again. So that's part one of the exercise. So we're going. And then the second part, holding that smile shape, lips wrapped around the teeth, lip corners up. You place your index finger onto your chin, which creates a bit of resistance. And then you scoop your jaw backwards, still making that opening close action as though you're trying to sort of scoop up something. So we go. Oh, wow. This feels really strange. I'm trying to describe this for people that are only listening to it. Yeah. But there's lots of techniques like this on my my Instagram channel, my YouTube, my books. So um, you'll easily find that one. Interesting. Okay. And then the next phase is the massage and the lymphatic drainage. Now, this is really helpful as well because some people do get a lot of puffiness around their eyes, don't they, that, that, that builds up. But I'm not trained to know how to cause drainage. I'm probably one of those people that's guilty of applying my serums and things in totally the wrong way, if I'm honest, because I'll put it on. And I've pretty much been told by a facialist that you mustn't pull downwards and you must sort of fan upwards and things. But how does that work? How does this lymphatic element work? Yeah, so let's talk about the eye area then. So the skin around the eyes is so thin. It's about 10 times thinner than the skin of the rest of the face. And we can all be really guilty of pulling our skin when we're taking off our eye makeup or rubbing our eyes when they're tired or we have allergies. And that can really damage that very delicate eye area. So you want to, first of all, be super gentle with your massage around that area. What I quite like to do, particularly if you know you're quite sort of heavy handed, is to use your ring finger. And you can just come underneath your eyebrows and you can just trace under your eyebrows to the end of your eyebrows. Then very gently under your eyes, come into that corner area. That's really just helping to drain the lymph. And then we're coming all the way around. You can do that for about one minute. So you can do that straight after you've applied some eye gel or eye cream that works beautifully. And if you want your product just to get a bit deeper into the skin, use your index finger and just tap very lightly. And again, if you feel like when you do this, you're a bit heavy handed with it, use your ring finger. That's also really, really lovely. But yeah, be very gentle with that area. And also remember your lymphatic system. It's just under the skin surface. So you don't need to go as deep as the muscle here. Mm. Just actually to have more benefits when it comes to lymphatic drainage, you go really gently. Other parts of the face, we actually want to work in the muscle because we're working on lifting and toning the muscle or releasing stress from the muscle. But for the lymphatic drainage ones, we're using that very gentle touch. Lovely. Just watching you do it just makes me feel like, oh, kind of Zen sense of calm. There's something about the eye area. And you mentioned actually there, because you were talking in relation to lymphatic drainage, massage, movement and breath. Do you do specific breathing techniques while you're engaging in this massage and this five step process? I try and keep it really simple for everyone because there's lots to think about just doing the face yoga as is and I'm all about simplicity so what I encourage people to do is to breathe deeply in through the nose to about a count of four and feel the abdomen rise and then breathe out through the nose to about a count of four and just allow the abdomen to lower and if you can get it up to six or eight on that exhalation even better so it's deep breath in abdomen rises and then deep breath out abdomen lowers try and make that exhalation a little bit longer each time if you can and just try and do that throughout your face yoga I mean it's really going to help with so many things it's going to help aid that lymphatic drainage which we've just talked about deep breathing has had so many studies I mean there's about 50 studies that I can think of in terms of how it reduces our stress levels how it helps us sleep better how it helps with things like anxiety and depression so there's been so many studies on the benefits of learning deep correct breathing and actually we're all born to breathe like this but normally around the age of six or seven for a variety of reasons our breath starts to become a lot more shallow and we start to breathe just from the chest area so as much as possible just getting ourselves back to that deep abdominal breathing because when we're doing that deep breathing it's almost impossible for our body to be in that very stressed vital flight response Mm. so I would say deep breathing is probably the most important well-being technique that you could do 
Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's really interesting when I look at my aura ring stats and I look at my heart rate variability. And when I'm in a phase where I'm really paying attention to my breath and I do, you know, just five minutes of breath work a day, my heart rate variability goes up. And you can see that increase in that sympathetic, parasympathetic, those two nervous systems communicating properly. I think it's wonderful. Acupressure. Now, you said something there I picked up on that the face is like a map for the other areas of the body. This is intriguing. Can you explain a bit more? I mean, that's a whole big subject in itself. But what I will do is I'll just explain a couple of things to you. So this is not so much related to acupressure. This is more related to sort of face mapping. But I will talk a little bit about the acupressure in a moment too. But let me give you one example. So our jaw area, particularly in yoga, is very related to our hip area. So usually if our hip area is very, very tight, more often than not, we find also our jaw area is too. Mm. When we start to release tension in our jaw area, an example would be using two fingers and thumb and gently pinching up the jawline, really getting into that muscle, releasing that tension. We tend to find that we ease a bit of tension from our hips and vice versa. If we're doing some nice stretching where we open our hips, more often than not, we find that our jaw area just releases as well. And also in yoga, both are very renowned, the jaw and the hips for holding a lot of our emotion. Particularly in women, we store a lot of our emotions around our hip area and our jaw area. And these emotions can often be linked to things like fear or even control or even anxiety. So, you know, for example, if you are trying to do something and you really want to be in control of it and you really are worried how it's going to go or you're fearful about what other people think of you, Often you may find that your jaw area tenses up mm. or start grinding your teeth. Maybe, maybe you get a, a little bit of a headache because the jaw gets quite tight or even locked. And again, we can find that happens with our hips as well. So the lovely thing about releasing areas of the face, you find that it just releases areas of the body too, which is wonderful. With the acupressure, I mean, there's so many acupressure points of the face, which all have huge benefits for the face, but also the mind and body as well. Just a couple of quick ones. Um, there's a really nice point, which is just in the inner corners of the eyes. So where you feel that natural indentation, just at the top of the nose. There. Yeah. So that point has been very renowned in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda to help with things like eye strain. So if you've been using a screen for long periods of time, your eyes are very tired. And it's also a point very helpful if you suffer from insomnia as well. So that's a great one to use. There's a little point just at the edge of the nostrils. Again, you'll feel a natural indentation there. This is a very renowned point for helping with any sinus issues. And also in Ayurveda, it's very much related, interestingly, to underneath our eye area. So if you get very dark circles under the eyes, pressing this point is really, really helpful. And of course, the classic mm. one is just between the eyebrows. So this is our third, third eye. eye. Yeah. So pressing this helps lots of things. It helps us tune into our intuition. But pressing here is also very good for helping to relax stress, relax tension. It's very good if you suffer from headaches. And also aesthetically, by pressing this point, it's very good if you suffer from those vertical number mm. 11 lines because it's relaxing tension in that muscle. So pressing here helps with your intuitive factor. So actually sort of at the end of a meditation or you could you could press there to gain insights and things. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Interesting. So if you are finding, okay, so, you know, I'm going too much into my head and I actually want to go a little bit more with my intuition, then gently press this area is really, really lovely to do. Um, you can even visualize sort of an indigo color as well in that area. So that's really related to this third eye chakra. You may want to use a crystal, something like a, an amethyst is really nice for that third eye area. You can place it on that area or hold it in your hands as well. So when we're looking at things more energetically, you can bring in things like crystals or colors. Oh, lovely. I want to go come back to crystals in a minute, just so we stick with the the five steps, the, the relaxation part, how can we sort of relax? You've talked about some things actually there fall in within the relaxation realm, but it's interesting because just talking about this, as we're having this conversation, I'm becoming a lot more aware of tension I'm holding in my face that I, I actually genuinely, before we started this podcast, was unaware of, which is quite intriguing. How can you sort of relax? Because that sounds wonderful as well, doing it in bed. It's such a nice way to wake up. It really is. And you're so right. Just simply having that mind muscle connection is so powerful. So you've not even touched your face, but already you're sort of saying to yourself, 
okay, I'm holding tension there. How can I let mm. this go? So I love encouraging people to do a simple face meditation or a simple face scan. And you can just close your eyes. You can just focus on that breathing that I've just talked about in and out through the nose. And then just go through each part of the face. And you can do it in either one part or two parts. If you want to do it in two parts, first of all, scan your face and ask yourself, you know, how is my forehead feeling? How's my eyes feeling, cheeks? And go through each part of the face. Don't be judgmental. Just simply take that mental note. And I often encourage people to do that at the beginning of their face yoga. Then they can do their face yoga. So whether it be one minute or 30 minutes. And then the second part would be to do the face meditation. So then go back, tune back into your face. Normally, you'll find that a lot of that stress and tension has really been relieved. But also you can then just simply say, okay, forehead relax, eyes relax, cheeks relax, mouth, jaw, neck. And just say those words to yourself, or even my forehead is relaxed, my eyes are relaxed. And you will be amazed how much tension goes simply from doing that without even touching your face. Um, and you can do that throughout the day, you know, at your at your desk or whatever you're doing, just sort of say, okay, jaw, let go of tension, relax. Mm. is so so powerful of course then when you're doing massage techniques as well that really really helps Uh, the acupressure helps even the facial exercise gets the energy all moving too but yeah you can simply do a face scan that's so powerful that's amazing yeah i'm going to try that and and do you have you found that these techniques actually help people who are suffering with things like acne just increasing the blood flow and the detoxification elements what have you found there Absolutely. So if you've got acne, so if someone listening has got acne and they're thinking, shall I try face yoga? My advice usually is if you've got very active acne in certain areas, so let's say the cheek area, for example, what I wouldn't recommend is you're doing quite deep massage. You wouldn't want to be pinching all over the cheek area. That's not going to do anything other than aggravate the acne. However, what you could do is you could still do acupressure around that area. So around the nose, around the mouth, even lightly touching the affected area, just helping with that gentle circulation and just helping that energy. In yoga, we call it prana. In Chinese medicine, it's chi, that life force or that subtle energy, just getting everything moving. But certainly if you are more sort of acne prone skin, you can certainly do the massage techniques. Tapping's beautiful. I love tapping all over the face. That's very gentle for people with most skin conditions. But also if you do have quite active acne, maybe cystic acne, you can still do a lot of facial exercise. And that's going to not only help to lift and tone the face, but again, it's going to help with that circulation without directly touching the face. So Mm. when I showed you earlier, for example, where you're moving the mouth up from the O to the smile is so, so powerful and so good because it's really working the muscles under the skin. And you get that lovely flush of energy to the cheeks without directly touching them. Amazing. And then the last bit is the well-being. And you've mentioned affirmations here. Obviously, well-being is a lifestyle, right? As I always tell people, and it is mind, body, spirit, optimization. But tell us about that fifth element in your practice. Absolutely. So as I said earlier, it's the most important part. Everything is really connected. So talking about affirmations, like you mentioned there, affirmations are where we repeat a positive statement in our mind. And I usually recommend you do an affirmation a minimum of three times. Now, often when we say these affirmations, we find that our conscious mind tends to sort of fight against us. So for example, I love the affirmation I feel healthy and glowing. Now, often we have this little sort of voice in the back of our head that goes, oh, but I'm not healthy or I don't feel glowing or I don't look glowing. But I just recommend that you keep going with those affirmations because gradually those thoughts just start to seep into that subconscious mind. And what we know about the mind is about 80% of what goes on is in our subconscious mind. No things that we don't even realise are happening. And often when we look in the mirror, and let's face it, we are all guilty of this, the first thing we will do is criticise ourselves. And almost to the point that most of us have convinced ourselves that that is truth, what we're saying, rather than realise it's actually an opinion. So if we're looking in the mirror and say, I have awful lines on my forehead, and we're saying that to ourselves multiple times through the day, it's gone so much into our subconscious to the point where we think that this is true. It probably isn't true. So what we want to do is we want to try and use these affirmations. So they're going into the subconscious. So we can look in the mirror and we go, 
you know what, I am healthy and glowing. And even if you want to actually say it in the mirror, that's really, really helpful as well. So I'm a huge fan of using affirmations. And you, you do advocate doing it in the mirror, do you? So you have that connection. You do it how you feel comfortable. And that's the thing with all of my methods. You know, I've never been super strict with people and saying, you know, you must be face over at this point of the day, or you must say X amount of affirmations in the mirror for this many times. Use your intuition. Do what feels right for you. Sometimes I'll say a few affirmations while I'm out on a walk. Sometimes I'll say them if I feel that feeling of stress just build up. Sometimes I'll say them if I do look in the mirror and I'm self-critical. You know, I'll use them at different points in the day when I feel it's right for me. So that's what I encourage you to do. Just play with them a little bit Mm. and even make some that really resonate with you. I really encourage you to start with words, I am. And then add on to that. So we all know the way that we would want to feel. So some people love saying, you know, I am healthy and happy. Other people love saying I'm beautiful inside and out. Whatever resonates with you. And usually if it sparks a little feeling inside you, even if that feeling is a a bit of a question or, a you know, oh, I'm not sure if this is right, then usually that's the right affirmation for you. Mm. A lot of clients I've worked with over the years really struggle with the affirmation, I look beautiful or I feel beautiful inside and out. That seems to be a really old trigger for a lot of us. So actually, it does feel like that. Just go with it. Try and say it to yourself because soon it will just sink in a little bit. Sink in. And it's interesting, actually, isn't it? Because when you bring curiosity to it, which I always encourage my clients to as well, when I say to them, look in the mirror and repeat an affirmation, often you can only, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can only look in one eye. And so there's one eye that sometimes is the little voice in the back of your mind that's saying, no, you're not. Who do you think you are? Whereas the other one is very, very supportive of you. And I always, I don't know about you, but I always say connect with the supportive eye in first, because in time that filters into the subconscious and the other one comes full circle and you create a new belief, right? But just be curious about why that was there in the first place. And it's a journey as well. You know, this is something which I teach people. It's not about getting to that pinnacle of wellness where you feel happy and healthy and positive all the time. You know, to me, wellness and well-being is having this toolbox and using these tools when you need them. You know, even people who do wellness routines and well-being and health routines every day, like myself, like you, I'm sure. We have ups and downs and emotions all the time. The only difference is, is we have those toolbox of techniques to draw on when we do have those difficult times and those down times. So never beat yourself up if you think, oh, well, I've been doing affirmations every day for six months. And why am I feeling low, so low for this month? Because you're a human being. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. What about for people? Because this is a tricky one, isn't it? Some people's confidence and self-esteem can feel so low that they actually don't enjoy looking in the mirror at first. And that's 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 one that takes a little bit of work. What would you encourage them to do there so that they don't meet their face with criticism? So if you don't want to look in the mirror and say affirmations, don't say the affirmations in the mirror. Do it the way that feels good for you. Even if you can just sit and occasionally say to yourself, I am healthy, or I am strong. Mm. I am happy and just say those things to yourself as you're walking around even if you can only muster up the motivation just to say a couple of times a day that will all help take baby steps don't try and run before you walk Um, you don't need to push yourself and say okay right I have to go in front of the mirror and I have to now say 10 affirmations because Mm. actually if you're feeling very very low that's going to be so difficult to do. And even if you find any affirmation difficult to do at the moment, just start with breath work. Just Mm. start by taking a few deep breaths and that will be enough. And then you you will in time feel like, okay, I can bring a few little affirmations into my day. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And sometimes it's helpful, isn't it, to say the affirmation in every day, I'm getting healthier and healthier. So because maybe your your mind's saying, no, you're not there yet. But then, as you say, not doing it in the mirror, eventually it begins to change the whole conversation that you have in front of the mirror because you have reprogrammed that subconscious mind. So powerful. Thank you, Daniel. Crystals. This is interesting. And also things like jade rollers. So because I've got a lot of these tools, I think I've got a face gym as well. And like just different things that I probably don't use. Like you have the gua sha, is that how you pronounce it, which you can use. And and then there's the jade roller. What's the best way to kind of use these tools alongside? Yeah, I love using gua sha's and rollers on the face. 
Um, you don't need them. The hands do enough. But I think like with anything, it's really nice to have a little bit of variety in your routine. And also, like I've said quite a few times, go with your intuition. So some days you'll want to really use your hands and really get into your skin. And other times you'll feel like, actually, I really just want to use a tool. But if you've got tools at home, get them out and use them. Most of them take about one minute per day. Have them next to your skincare, apply your skincare and then use them. So when it comes to a gua sha routine, again, I have lots of videos on my YouTube channel on this. We also do a gua sha teacher training course for anyone that wants to get more into it and then teach gua sha to other people. But gua shas are a gorgeous crystal tool which help you lift and sculpt the face. And the crystal is such an important part of it because crystals have special healing qualities. And there's three types of gua shas I really enjoy using. So there's the jade gua sha. So if you don't know where to start with a gua sha, I would say go for jade. It's very renowned for lifting and firming the face. And it's a great one to use at any point of the day. So energetically, that crystal is beautiful to use morning, afternoon, evening. So a great all-round tool. I also really like a rose quartz grub. I think I have a rose one, yeah. You have a rose quartz I do. Mm. Get your rose quartz out and use it in the morning. It's amazing crystal for the morning. It's very gentle on the skin. It's also very good if you're feeling quite sensitive in your mind or your skin's feeling quite sensitive too. So anyone that's got sensitive skin, I always recommend to go for the rose quartz gua sha. It's a really, really beautiful tool that really relates to our heart chakra as well so if you're maybe suffering from low self-esteem or you really want to sort of enhance your self-love then use your rose quartz but certainly morning time is great tip to use it and then another one I love using is the clear quartz washer now I love clear quartz for the evening um, clear quartz is often known as the master crystal and it's just so wonderful for helping us to feel a little bit more aligned it's very good if we feel very stressed in our mind but also if our skin is looking and feeling stressed as well maybe you've had a busy day maybe you've had a difficult day maybe you've been running around a city or your skin's been exposed to lots of pollution clean your skin apply your skincare and then use your clear quartz gua sha so they're my three favorite gua sha's you can also get all of those in rollers as well i love using rollers they're slightly gentler on the skin but again, be intuitive, have your tools all out and just say to yourself, which one do I feel drawn to use today and use that one? It doesn't have to be a very strict routine. Really just go with what feels good. Amazing, amazing tips. And I know you have a serum. Can we talk a little bit about skincare and how to get the glow? Obviously, all the things that you're talking about here are helping. But yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about skincare. Great. Yeah. So at an absolute minimum, you want to be cleansing your skin once a day, twice a day, if you can. Um, you want to be using some form of toner every day. And then what I really love using is a moisturizing serum. Now, our product Fusion by Danielle Collins, which is ProLift Moisturizing Serum, was developed for us by an amazing skincare specialist and company here in the UK. And what I wanted was a skincare product which people could use with their face yoga. So so I had enough glide to do facial massage for one minute or 30 minutes every day, but it wasn't too greasy that they felt they had to wipe it off before they put their makeup on or they felt like it wasn't sinking deep enough into the skin. So we put together a moisturizing serum. And the lovely thing about this serum is the molecules are small enough to get into that middle layer of skin where our collagen and elastin lie, which is mm. where we Want yeah, we want. Into. Now, creams tend to just sit on that top layer of skin, which is great for hydration, but they're never getting in to help with that regeneration of the new skin cells. So this is why this serum is so beautiful. But unlike a lot of other serums, which just sink into the skin super quickly, it hydrates the skin for the whole day. So you can do it, use it twice a day. And I always recommend when you use it in the morning, apply an SPF. I'm such a component of SPF for the face. Okay. And not only on sunny days or on holiday but on cloudy days if you're sat in front of a window at your desk all day because remember that those uva rays so those aging rays not the ones that burn you the uvb but the uva tend to penetrate not only through cloud but through glass as well so even if you're driving your car or you're sat in front of the window even on your sofa you really need to be wearing your spf as well it's so important and 
people are often saying now with the studies that have come out that about 80% of our aging of our skin is down to sun damage, which is huge. Mm. I mean, of course, there's other parts of it as well, stress, tension, losing muscle tone, but 80% down to sun damage. So protect your skin. And it's never too late to start wearing SPF. So even if you're a sun worshiper in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, and you think, okay, well, I'm in my 50s or 60s now, it's still not too late. You're still giving your skin that protection. Yeah, that's so important. And it's interesting because I was interviewing a dermatologist on the show, Dr. Jen Haley, and she was talking about the importance of wearing it even for being in front of your device because the light that's coming off is also damaging your skin. So like SPF, definitely a 365 day a year routine, isn't it? So, so important. It's so important. And also, you know, people often worry about then not getting their vitamin D. And particularly here in the UK, most of us are quite deficient in our vitamin D. So during the summer months, so between March and September, that's the only time here in the UK we can actually get our vitamin D. So try and get out every day. Expose a couple of parts of your body to the sun. You can still wear your SPF on the face because that's the, the part of us that ages quick. Um, and just get a little bit of sun. But you've got to be careful, obviously, not to get into that stage where you burn it or to cause too much damage there, but also take a vitamin D supplement, you know, because you're then going September to March and you're not even getting it for the rays of the sun. So it's super important to make sure you're getting your vitamin D as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, that just sounds amazing. So basically it's anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes, but that's for the whole routine, is it? So people can go and look up at your videos and try it. Yeah, that's including the relaxation and everything. Yeah, so I have a course which is called a 10-day course. You can get that on my website, faceyogexpert.com. And you just do it for 10 days. It's 10 minutes per day. It works the whole face. You also get a full digital copy of my first book, Daniel Collins Face Yoga, which is packed full of face yoga tips, wellness tips, skincare tips. And that's a really nice way to get started with your face yoga routine because you can then do a before and after picture for those 10 days. You've got those videos for life. So if you want to repeat it again, you can do. So I definitely recommend that for anyone that thinks, okay, well, Danielle's got, you know, hundreds of YouTube videos or Instagram videos. I don't know where to start. That's a really great place to start. Brilliant. And then the journal is if you're developing a daily practice, is it? How does your new journal work? Yeah. So the Face Yoga Journal, which is now out worldwide, which is amazing. So you can get it on Amazon or you can get it in all good bookshops as well. So this is a 52 weeks so a whole year of face yoga. Now, it doesn't matter if you think, OK, well, I'm probably not going to do it every day. You can take longer than a year. It's no problem. But it has 52 weeks. So each week you have one key face yoga move. I recommend that you do each day and you have one wellness hack, which I recommend that you do each day. So you've got that all the way through the book. But you've also got journaling prompts in there. So there's space in there to write what you're grateful for for the day. There's your intention for the week. You can write what went really well that week, what didn't go well, not only with face yoga, but with life and wellness in general. There's also space just to tick off and record you know what face yoga have I done this week okay so I've worked the forehead eyes cheek area and I did it in the morning or the afternoon so it really gives you that motivation and that accountability mm. as well it works really nicely with my first book but it works really well as a standalone face yoga book as well so again if you're thinking oh okay well I really want to get going with this but I almost need someone sort of helping me out and holding my hands along the way but also I want to delve a little bit deeper into the wellness crystals, chakras, colours, affirmations, all of that is in there as well. It's all in the book. Really, really manageable, step-by-step, week-by-week way. Oh, amazing. We will link to that in the show notes because we haven't had time to kind of really dive into crystals and colours, so people can go and find that there. Just before you go, because it's always interesting for, for my audience and for myself, with someone as successful as you are and has achieved so much, but maintain such a sense of um, zen and calm. What are your daily habits or practices? Do you have a particular morning routine that you follow? What can you kind of credit with helping you achieve so much with a few children in tow at the same time? Yeah, two children under nine. So for me, I have three non-negotiables each day. So every day, whatever happens, I make sure that I walk in fresh air, ideally in nature, I do some form of yoga practice. So whether that just be a couple of minutes or whether that be an hour or an hour and a half class, I often do online classes. 
And I do my photo every day, usually in the evening. And sometimes I use a facial tool in the morning. So they're my three non-negotiables. And my days vary so, so much. And because they vary so much, I always have to say to myself, OK, Daniel, do those three things, but do them when you can through the day. Mm. Now, I've never been able to have since I've had a strict morning routine, but something which I have been doing, which has been amazing, is I've just taken my Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 training. So what I do now, as soon as I sort of wake up, before that point where, you know, you start speaking to husband and kids and you start racing around, is I do a little Reiki practice on myself each day. So I visualize a really sort of healing white light coming down through my head, into the palms of my hands, and then I usually go through each of the chakras, through each of the energy centers in the body and just send that healing energy and light to each of those areas so sometimes I'll do that quite quickly sometimes I'll take a little bit longer and I'll um, visualize a color with each of the chakras sometimes I'll bring an affirmation into it and if I can as well in the morning before I get out of bed I'll just list three things that I'm grateful for and even if you're a bit sleepy or you've woken up and you think oh my goodness I can hear the kids screaming or I've got loads to do today I just say simple things like thank you for this warm comfortable bed Thank you for my family who are healthy and happy. And thank you for the house that I live in. And just keep it super simple. But it's amazing how much that then helps the rest of the day. And, you know, I would love to have a full long morning routine. But for me at the moment, at this stage of my life, that's just not viable. But if I do all of those things, then pretty much that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah, I can agree more. I absolutely love gratitude practice. That's one of my non-negotiables as well. Oh, it's been amazing to chat to you. I could chat all day. So you've mentioned about, let's link to where people can go and find out more because I know they're going to want to. So the books are both on Amazon. There's the 10-day course, which sounds incredible. It sounds an awesome way to get started. You've got all the free stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, please just share. How can people find you and connect with you? So most of my stuff is on my website, faceyogaexpert.com. <laughs> I also have a podcast where I share loads of tips and advice on wellness and face yoga and amazing guests, which is the Face Yoga Expert podcast my youtube channel is the face yoga expert you can connect with me on instagram at face yoga expert um facebook the face yoga expert so the best thing to do for either of my books is head to amazon but all of that info i've talked about is on my website faceyogaexpert.com brilliant thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been such a joy and pleasure to have you here daniel so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.